You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome into the PHNX Coyotes podcast brought to you by the one and only DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's top rated sportsbook app. Don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a five star review. I'm Leah Merrill here with Craig Morgan, somehow still on his working vacation and Petey is somewhere on an airplane (laughs) flying from Tampa to Denver for hopefully for his sake the last time of these playoffs. Yeah, this could be the last PD-less podcast. It really could. Um, before we dive into last night's game and controversy and the NHL coaching carousel, all things we're going to get in today. Craig, how's it going? How's your How's your trip? Are you enjoying yeah. yourself? Yeah, yeah. It's nice to be up in the the cool pines of uh, northern Arizona. We got up to Flagstaff yesterday which was awesome. I went up with my kids. My, my wife stayed behind and did some uh, work, some much needed grading because she teaches at ASU. Um, but we had a great day in flag. It's it's just, it's awesome up here. It's just beautiful. We're, we're right on the rim. We get unbelievable views from our cabin every night. There are a million stars. There was a storm last night. So we got to watch a lightning storm. It's pretty cool up here. Well, you could argue there was a lightning storm last night. I don't know. I was just going for Ba-da-ba-bum. it. <laughs> I was just going for it on the transition. Um, last night, crazy mm. game four between the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Colorado Avalanche, of course, which ended with Nazem Kadri coming back after getting thumb surgery, coming back for game four and scoring the overtime winning goal, which is just unbelievable to think about. Um, but not without some controversy. So let's mm. dive into it. Let's, before we get into the overtime, let's just talk about the rest of the game and what your thoughts were. Yeah. I mean, I thought, I thought Tampa could have put this game away early. And then again, late, I, I mean, they, they had runs where they were just dominating the avalanche, especially that first period. Darcy Camper was terrific last night. You know, I, I, I tweeted about the second goal because it was a, it was a very soft second goal that he gave up to Victor Hedman from a bad angle on a backhand that really wasn't that strong. And at that time I looked at, it, I was like, uh Oh, Kemp Kemp's is not going to uh, rise to the occasion, but he really did the, the rest of the night. He bounced back from that. And I, I thought you could say that in many ways, Darcy Kemper was a difference maker last night in that game. And that that was a good sign for the Colorado Avalanche. I mean, PD has talked about this. You don't need Darcy Kemper to be 
Andre Vasilevsky or what he's been or Igor Shesterkin. You just need him to be good, maybe even just above average for Colorado to win games. But he was very good last night, and I thought that was a key, key part of that game last night. Yeah, every part of this game, I mean, the Lightning come out and score right away. Um, and Darcy Kemper made as many saves as he possibly could on that first goal. Um, and everything was going in their favor, kind of like you said. And when they went up 2-1 on that weak shot, I thought, okay, this is going to be the momentum shift. You can hear the crowd get back into it. And I thought it was going to be kind of like game three where then the lightning just, you know, went off. But that's not what happened. And I was just surprised, but also not surprised because Colorado has just been Mm. so good. And they ended a six-game drought of teams scoring five on five against the lightning at home, which is unbelievable um, that the lightning went that long without doing so. But also the lightning has to stop going on the penalty kill against the Colorado avalanche because their road power play in the playoffs is almost literally almost 50%. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, mean, it's, it's easy to say that they're going to be calls in a game and you just get the, you have to be good on the PK in the playoffs. If you yep. if you look at the numbers over the years, teams that have elite PKs do really well in the playoffs. It's far more important, actually, than a potent power play when, when you look at the history of the NHL. So Colorado's power play, though, just, man, just to be able to score in every game, it's, it, it's such a luxury to know that you're going to get that bump from your man advantage unit. It's huge. Um, I want to go back to Darcy Kemper for a minute because I'm, I'm – I'm wondering what Colorado was thinking. And and obviously we're, we're getting ahead of ourselves because they still need to close out the Tampa Bay Lightning. They'll have three chances, two of them at home where they've been lights out in this postseason. I expect them to do it. But when they get to the offseason, Darcy Kemper is a free agent. What do you do with Darcy Kemper? He had a good regular season. In fact, he came on really strong at the end. But in this postseason, you can't say that he's been a good goaltender. He really hasn't. So when you're looking down the road, what do you do? Do you re-sign him to a multi-year deal that presumably is going to cost a little more? Do you look in free agency where there aren't a lot of great options, although I don't know what Marc-Andre Fleury is going to do. He wants to play another season. Do you explore that on a short-term contract? What does Colorado do here? Because Darcy Kemper hasn't he hasn't emphatically said, I'm your number one goalie. I'm the guy who should be here. He may win a cup with them, but – that just may be incidental because Colorado has been so dominant. It may be like, you know, we talked about anti Niemi winning one with the Blackhawks. It, it may have just been the case where your goaltender didn't lose you the cup and the team was just so good they were going to win short of that. It's so interesting because I've been thinking about this over the last couple of days. Let's just say the Avalanche get it done and they win. Looking back now, so a year later, making that, trade giving up what they gave up to get Darcy Kemper Connor Timmons that first round pick and if they win the cup that extra third round pick obviously Darcy Kemper was really really good in the regular season the uh, Avs had like a record-breaking regular season phenomenal but like you just said he hasn't been that difference maker in the playoffs obviously it's like you can't is it like chicken or egg you know with the whole situation in the regular season and Just even the mental confidence that having a starting goalie gives a team, et cetera. But do you think that Colorado Avalanche or Avalanche fans will feel like what they gave up was worth it, you know, to get that? I mean, to get a cup, I think anything is worth it. But 
I don't know, it's that, that's just like an interesting conundrum. So when I think about now going forward to next year, like you said, I don't know if there's a really good free agency market. They could go for like a shorter term deal with him because mm-hmm. – he is proven, and it was just one playoff. I don't know. Yeah, and and then you have to factor in the injuries that he suffered in this postseason, too. How much did those impact him? I, I guess we'll hear when the postseason ends if that was any sort of impact. But knowing Darcy Kemper, having interviewed him a million times, he'll just shrug that off. You won't get a clear sense. Somebody will probably have to go to like his agent or something to get a sense of if it was real because Darcy won't admit to that at all. Um but there, there are a lot of factors to consider here. And, 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 and like we just talked about, I mean, who's available? It might be a situation. If, if you can't get Marc-Andre Fleury or if you're not interested in a 37-year-old Marc-Andre Fleury, the free agent market really doesn't offer a better option than Darcy Kemper. So then maybe you'd have to think about, do we make a trade for that goaltender? And what do you have to give up? in Colorado to get the type of goaltender you want to win a cup? They already, just, gave, they yeah. already just gave up everything. Yeah, and then so it's like, okay, you you know, in that time, you're like, I'm just looking at this year. I just want a cup this year. So, okay, let's say you get the cup, but you still want another one. Yep. So, you know, it's it's funny to think about because you make all these, when you're pursuing a cup as an NHL team, you make all these sacrifices for your long-term be, future. I'd just be leery. If, if you're going to sign Darcy Kemper, and I think there's a good chance of that, I'd be really leery of the term. You better try and get him on, you know, a mid term that's what i was thinking you don't want to sign into like a six-year deal that's crazy i would not go down that route if if i were colorado um but then in terms of what the coyotes got i mean right now i guess he won you a cup but not really he didn't win you a cup he hasn't been an elite goalie he hasn't been that guy we saw in arizona that those couple seasons since really yeah i thought he had a good stretch this year but he hasn't been that guy. You know, remember when he played 55 games that one year and I think it was like 22 consecutive starts. We haven't seen anything like that. And you wonder if he's ever going to get back to that level. So in that sense, maybe you sold high on Darcy Kemper in getting a big right-handed defenseman who can play in your top four, which is a valuable asset. A first-round pick, we'll see. And then, like you mentioned, that third-round pick if in 2024 if they win the Cup. Yep. So we'll see what happens. I think – now that I've kind of sat on it, unless they want to go for Marc-Andre Fleury, I feel like you roll the dice again on Kemper, knowing that goalies go through highs and lows. And he didn't. it's not like he went through a super low. I just don't feel like they saw his full potential. So if they believe that his ceiling is higher than what he performed, then they might want to go for it. So we'll see. All things to keep tabs on this offseason. It should be a really interesting one. But Darcy Kemper did set a record last night, becoming the first goalie ever to assist on an overtime goal in the Stanley Cup final, um, which is a fun little stat. I love when goalies get on the score sheet. Me too. Always a fan of goalie points. But but let's get to that play because there's, there's a lot to unpack. First of all. What a play. I mean, first, Nazem Kadri went one on three against the Lightning and somehow got in and got that shot off. That's where, if I'm a coach in the postgame news conference, that's where I'm starting. How did this guy get in when we had we had guys in position? That was a, a very clean breakout for Colorado. And again, somehow Nazem got through three players, and that can't happen. That just can't happen. You have to defend better than that. So that's where I'd be concerned. And, and it did look like it deflected a little bit, so it caught Vasilevsky by surprise. But 
and I, I know you had this in the show notes, and of course we're going to talk about this because there was controversy. Uh, John Cooper only made one lengthy statement. I think he was there for like two minutes saying that the goal shouldn't have counted and we'd all see why today. He'll talk about it today. Well, the issue, of course, was that there were six players on the ice um, and it took it took Nathan McKinnon four seconds to get off the ice from the time Kadri went on. He was clearly not within five feet of the bench when Kadri first went on the ice. I think Kadri thought that the Chushin was coming off, so he was he was trying to go for him instead, and then the Chushin circled out and stayed on the ice. But by the letter of the rule, sure, there were six guys on the ice. But Nathan McKinnon had no impact on the play whatsoever. He was coming to the bench, and by the time the goal was in, he was at the door. And if you looked at the diagram overhead, there were actually seven Tampa players on the ice at the same time. To me, this is this is a play that occurs a million times in an NHL game, and I like the officials not calling too many money, men on the ice. Again, they could have called it on both teams if they did that, but this had no impact on the play. It happens all the time. You don't make this call in overtime of the Stanley Cup final game. I just thought John Cooper, who I love, I actually love talking to him. He's fantastic. I really thought he came off as whiny last night as kind of a poor sport. Well, I think what he accomplished in doing last night is it went from a a game that the Colorado Avalanche deserved to win because they were the better team in overtime. And we would all be talking about the powerhouse Colorado Avalanche going into game five. And now all anyone is talking about is this too many men situation, the non-call, the... Oh, the Lightning, they deserve to still be playing. We're talking about John Cooper's comments. And part of me wonders how much of that is intentional. (laughs) And maybe it was like a whole mind game. And this whole thing unfolded on Twitter last night because first, you know, like, you know, the game ended and I was like, okay, great. Like the Avs won, blah, blah, blah. Go off Twitter, come back on Twitter. Then I see all these tweets about the press conference. I watched the whole thing. It's like a minute and a half. He literally gets up and walks out and said i'll talk to you tomorrow and then you see the the official nhl game sheet going around that has six players listed on it and then you've come to find out that the nhl came around and said it was that an was error yeah. but yeah, Eric you can't Johnson make that kind of mistake when no. when people have access to twitter and oh, a camera those nhl game sheets are littered with mistakes i get them after every game and they are littered with mistakes so don't be surprised yeah. by that. <laughs> but it was just like a, a comedy of errors with just like everything that, and, and everything just kept spiraling. And then people screenshotting the the six abs people and then people coming back. Well, there's the seven lightning. And it was just an absolute like, to put it lightly, a shit show on Twitter. Yeah. And and but what it did was it took away conversation about the Colorado avalanche and how good they were in that game. And all anyone is talking about is like, Oh, they shouldn't have deserved to win. So I just wonder what mind games are going on. If any, I just think it's really interesting. Yeah, it's too bad. Um, and, and, and by the way, the goal itself, uh, and I tweeted this, if it reminded me of when Patrick Kane won the cup in 2010 against Philly, <laughs> nobody knew the puck was in the net. It was so anticlimactic. That happened like, in this what's game going happened? on. Like they were celebrating like, 30 seconds after the goal, they figured out it was in the net and everybody was like, what's, what's going on here? It was just so yeah. weird. At least it wasn't the cup winning goal again, but it was, yeah. it was a bizarre circumstance. It really was. It was a very bizarre. Just lodged up there, uh, up, you know, underneath the, the, the netting in bizarre the back bar. It was weird. 
<laughs> well, the Stanley Cup will be in the building on Friday, um, and if it's awarded, so will the Conn Smythe Trophy. Who is your front runner right now for the Conn Smythe? Kale McCarr in a runaway if Colorado wins this. If, if Tampa wins it, I mean, we're talking about three wins that Tampa needs, so this could change because who knows who, who could rise to the occasion in these final three games. But right now, the leading candidate for, from Tampa is Nikita Kucherov for me. I think those two players have been fantastic. Vasilevsky has had big games throughout this postseason, but we haven't seen it as much in the cup final. So I think he's fallen off the radar a little bit for this award. Craig, you're not the only one who thinks that because on the DraftKings Sportsbook app, Kale McCarr's Conn Smythe odds are minus 600. Oh, wow. That's, That's unbelievable. And then the next one, Nathan McKinnon plus 500. So it's a huge disparity. And I hope everyone listening got their Kale McCarr Conn Smythe odds in before the series started because you would have gotten it at plus money but you know the series is not over like i know colorado's up but anything can happen um this can go longer and we could see someone emerge so you can get in on consmith odds you can get in on series odds player props you can get in on the money line for game five colorado minus 170 favorites right now and the tampa money line plus 145 and also last night's game was the first time the over did not hit in this series so a <laughs> few people probably got uh and by a few people i mean i know shane and sean bet tampa money line and the over so that sucks for them but you know <laughs> that's what's so great about hockey it's it just is always changing um so be sure to get on, on the action on the DraftKings sportsbook app there's so much you can bet on with the nhl playoffs and with any sport you can think of but you know we're talking stanley cup final right now so download the DraftKings sportsbook app now and when you use the promo code phnx new customers can bet five dollars on either nhl team to win their game and get a hundred dollars in free bets no matter what that's code PHNX at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the Stanley Cup Final. Must be 21 or older, Arizona only, new customers only, minimum $5 deposit. Restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right. The coaching carousel <laughs> goes round and round and round, and more things are happening. And every day, I feel like, or the coaching change or someone's taking a job. Um, just to summarize what's happened in the last week, we've seen Peter Pete DeBoer go to Dallas, Bruce Cassidy to Vegas. We saw Jay Woodcroft extended in Edmonton. Most recently, Paul Maurice to Florida, um, unseating Andrew Burnett, who of course was just the interim coach, but still um, Barry Trotz is still available. We don't know what's going to happen with Rick Tockett. And there's still openings in Boston, Chicago, Detroit, and Winnipeg, oh, where do we want to begin? <laughs> let's just go in alphabetical order, I guess. Yeah, okay. I, I, I do. Yeah, like let's. I guess we start with Barry Trotz because he's still, he's still the one that everybody's waiting on to decide. Although uh, obviously a number of teams had already filled their their openings. Um, of the teams that are left, I don't see Barry Trotz going anywhere but Winnipeg. You know his hometown. It's it's either Winnipeg or probably uh, at least a year sabbatical for Barry Trotz, unless he takes that much rumored uh, management role with Nashville. So, you know, I, I honestly I don't get it if Barry Trotz goes to Winnipeg because I just don't think that team's built to win anymore. I think that team's in decline. You look at their key players; they're they're old. I mean, hell, they're trying to unload Blake Wheeler. Um, 
I just I don't see it, but maybe maybe just the uh, the allure of going home is enough for Barry Trotz, and that will excite him. So we'll wait and see. But it, it feels like Winnipeg has put all its eggs in that basket for now. So we'll wait and see what Barry Trotz does. Um, in terms of Boston, it appears to be down to either David Quinn or Jay Leach, who of course was. Uh, the Providence Bruins coach for a long time. He's an assistant with Seattle now. He actually interviewed for the Coyotes position before Andre Tourney got the job as well. So it appears to be between David Quinn and Jay Leach for that job. Um, in Chicago, the only thing I hear about Chicago is that whoever gets hired, it's going to be cheap. <laughs> Blackhawks are going to go cheap because they're going into a rebuild uh, I don't. I, I sort of agree with that philosophy. I mean, you don't want to just hire any guy off the street. You still want to care about credentials, but there's no sense in paying a lot for a team that you know is going to lose a lot. It's kind of the Coyotes' philosophy right now. So whoever the Blackhawks hire, again, I, I think it's going to be somebody who's uh, very cheap. And then with Detroit, you know, I've, I've reached out to a couple people to get a sense of it. Um, there, there are a number of guys in, in, in that I think they could be waiting on Tampa's assistants, uh, Derek Lalonde and Jeff Halpern, to come available. Also, the the, the Chicago Wolves AHL coach uh, or AHL Chicago's coach, Ryan Warsawski, could be in there. Um, they'd love to Harry, have Barry Trotz, but I don't think he's going to Detroit. So those are some of the possibilities. We'll have to see how it plays out. I'm, I'm also curious to see what Winnipeg does if Barry Trotz decides he doesn't want it. Yeah, where, where do you go at that point? I guess you you just look at a number of these candidates. Does Rick Tockett really want to go to Winnipeg? I I think I he's crazy. I can't I think see that. Yeah, just stay with TNT and make your whatever. You're nine hundred k for two days a week. <laughs> oh my Seriously. gosh! I know. Uh, I the more the jobs that get taken, the more I think that Barry Trotz is going to take a year off. I think one thing that is guaranteed in the NHL is there's always going to be coaching turnover. It's just the nature of the way the league is. There will be NHL coaching job openings in the middle of the next season, at the end of next season. Barry Trotz could even come in in the middle. You know, you know he can take a few months off and just kind of wait and see what happens. Um, because, yes, if I think if Winnipeg was in a better situation team wise, it would be way more appealing for him to go home. Um, I don't want to knock Winnipeg; it's a very cold place, but you know he's from there. <laughs> so, if if they were kind of in more of a position to win and have success, maybe it would be more appealing. I just can't see it. And of the teams left, yeah, I mean, not none of those teams are really in great positions. Like Boston, maybe Detroit. Maybe there's some like light at the end of the tunnel, but I don't know. Like, if you were a free agent coach, where would you want to go of those four remaining coaching jobs? It's a it's a really tough question. I don't think I'd want to go to Chicago right now. Chicago. No, I that's the the bottom of my list. To be honest, I'd rather go to Winnipeg. (laughs) Which is crazy to say, right? You wouldn't you wouldn't want to coach the Blackhawks, but yeah, they're they're a mess right now. But I think Winnipeg's in decline. Boston is hanging on to this last vestige of hope that the, you know, the Patrice Bergeron, Brad Marchand pairing could still carry them to a cup. I think that ship has already sailed. It's gone. I mean, I guess you could make an argument that Detroit's on the rise at least. So maybe you can make an argument that that would be the best possibility. And you're working with Steve Eiserman, who is a very yeah. respected GM. So at least, you know, he's got a track record of building good franchises. He's good to work with. So maybe that's attractive on that front. Yeah, I think that would be my number one just because 
they've already started laying the groundwork for like for the rebuild and it, it would be an exciting challenge <clears throat> excuse me for a coach to you know get the most out of those players we just saw more insider win the calder you know there there is some hope there so yeah i think that that would be my choice paul maurice oh sorry what were you gonna say i just wanted to mention a couple other names for as possibilities if trots passes on winnipeg i've also heard you know they've looked at jim montgomery and kirk muller i think they would probably want to talk to andrew Burnett. but the uh, another guy that's uh, and i mentioned lalonde but another guy that's that's mentioned often as an up-and-comer is spencer carberry who's now an nhl and assistant spent a lot of time with the hershey bears scotty allen the former coyotes assistant worked with him and just speaks so highly of him he's another name to watch if a team wants to get out of this this pattern of just recycling the same coaches over and over again. He's a name to watch. Sorry to interrupt you. Go oh, no, you're good. I wanted to bring up Paul Maurice because speaking of Winnipeg <laughs> coaches. Um, and, re- and recycled guys. And recycle. Um, Paul Maurice is officially the head coach of the Florida Panthers. And I like I knew that he wasn't going to be out of the game because he stepped back from Winnipeg because he just felt like his voice wasn't – they needed a new voice there, which is – Fair enough. But, and I didn't also necessarily think that Andrew Burnett was going to stay as head coach given how the rest of the season played out. But I was like a little bit surprised by this. And you, we were texting yesterday and you said that he's taking some slack on Twitter. So, what's going on with that? Well, Paul Maurice is just getting a beating. Like a, a lot of people didn't like this hire. They didn't, didn't think he did enough in Winnipeg. I, I mean, I, there was a time where I wondered why uh, the Winnipeg Jets were sticking with Paul Maurice, but then Winnipeg had some better years. But really, when you look at their playoff situation, they didn't have a lot of success. Really, at, at any point, they had they had one minor run with Paul Maurice as the coach. Um, part of the issue for for Winnipeg was though that their their blue line took a beating. They they lost some key players off their blue line. Uh, most notably Dustin Bufflin, right? That that whole situation really hurt the Jets because he was such a key piece there. So once once the blue line deteriorated, I didn't really think that Winnipeg was a serious contender anymore. So maybe it wasn't fair, but he's well respected. Again, he's he's a guy who's been around. I don't know why the NHL loves just recycling the same guys. It's it's such a low risk move by GMs, but it it, it still has the 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 opportunity to blow up in your face. Like a lot of people see it for what it is. Like, what are you doing? You're not, you're not going out and finding a bright young mind, put in the work and find a really good candidate, but it just seems to wait to be the way the NHL goes. Yeah. And that's why the more I think about it, the cooler I think it is that the coyotes hired coach turn because, you know, that was a, a risk for them to go to someone who has no NHL head coaching experience. Um, but I feel like, and we say it a lot, but it's the right coach at the right time for the Coyotes. And and the way the game is changing, the way that our world has kind of evolved, it's not the the tough coaches who don't care, not that they don't care, but who are really, really hard on the players. Like that doesn't necessarily work the way that it once did. Now coaches, you know, get the most out of their players by really getting to know them as people and, you know, get the most out of them that way, like players, coaches, that it's more, and I don't want to use the word in because that makes it sound like a trend, but it's just the way that our society evolves and how people, you know, different generations interact. And I think Andre Turnia is a perfect example of a coach that gets the most out of individuals and really cares about the individual. And I'm not saying like he's a perfect coach or that he'll be a perfect coach in five years when the Coyotes are competitive, but it's just, 
you know, you look at someone like Paul Maurice, who's been around for a long time, and it's like, okay, is his style of coaching outdated? Like, would it have been better to go for someone newer? But then they took the gamble on Burnett, who was newer, and they didn't go great. So yeah. it's just really, it's just a really interesting question kind of to ask. And then, of course, there's people like Barry Trotz, who is a proven Stanley Cup winner sure. coach, who's been in the game for a while, but you know has the pedigree success. But, like, Bruce Cassidy – to go to Vegas, Bruce Cassidy, it was kind of well known that the the players in Boston, like they weren't necessarily his biggest fan. So is it going to be different in Vegas? Was Boston just sick of him? Like, I don't know. It's just so interesting to me. Yeah. I, I, I thought that Vegas would throw the farm at, at Barry Trotz. I really did. So I was a little surprised by the Cassidy move. We'll see how it goes. It, these things can work out in the short term. You know, they, everybody says that coaches have a shelf life, especially a certain type of coach. They'll have a shelf life. So maybe it can work out in the short term for Vegas because quite frankly, that's all Vegas has. They Their window is so short before their <laughs> things are going to turn really ugly there. And uh, I wonder how Bill Foley will handle that. But, uh, you know, you mentioned Andrew Burnett. Um, Andrew Burnett wasn't on anybody's radar as a potential head coach when he had to take over. Those were unique circumstances with Q being shoved out of the game for his role in what happened in Chicago. And we'll, we'll see. I've, I've been told he's not getting back in next year. He's going to have to go through some programs and show some actual work to try and understand what he did wrong before he gets back into the game. But when, when you're talking about young up-and-comers, Andrew Burnett wasn't there. There were guys that they could have hired, but uh, I, I guess they just wanted to stay in-house because they were having so much success at the time. But there are there are young up-and-comers with fresh ideas that that you can look at, like a Spencer Carberry. Um, you know, some of these guys who also like take the tack that you mentioned, where you're more of a relationship builder, and you have to be with this generation of players. You have to build a relationship. They have to understand why they're doing something. It can't be a Mike. Babcock kind of just go do this because I said so thing that doesn't work anymore. That type of coaching simply doesn't work anymore. And what's interesting about the Stanley Cup final is it's the longest 10 active coach and the third active coach in the NHL going head to head with John Cooper and Jared Bednar. Um, Hmm. Mike Sullivan is the middle person there, but um, just really interesting because there's a lot of coaching turnover in the NHL and they'll continue to be. That's just the way things are. And we'll, of course, keep tabs on the coaching carousel because it's been a fascinating one. I think it's going to be a really interesting offseason, which, of course, we'll be keeping full tabs on as we go forward here into the summer months. And we will still have five days a week coverage. Craig is still putting out stories at gophnx.com. A lot of focus for us right now on the NHL draft. It's officially two weeks from today, which is unbelievable to think about. So become a member at gophnx.com today because if you're not, you should be. There's a ton of draft content. We have exclusive interviews on there with Coyotes first round draft picks. We have prospect breakdowns. Craig has been featuring the Coyotes scouting staff. We'll have a draft preview up there so just so much stuff at gophnx.com to get you prepared for the draft but also just any off-season content you can think of not just for the coyotes the suns um their draft the nba draft is actually tonight the suns don't have picks although we'll see it could be a trade who knows but you know every sport in arizona coverage five days a week and coverage at gophnx.com so become a member sign up for an annual membership get a shirt from the locker when you do we also have hats in the locker which are great for summer keep the sun off your face as well craig anything you want to plug for the website coming up 
Yeah, I've got a just sort of a Q and A checking in with Andre Turinyi that will be up on the website on Friday, and then uh, as I mentioned yesterday, there's there's general consensus of who the top three picks are going to be in this draft. It's Shane Wright, Uri Slavkowski, and Logan Cooley. But I'm going to write about a dark horse candidate on Sunday that the Coyotes could be looking at, and I'll explain why. So look for Interesting. that. I'm curious about that one. I'm excited about that. And, you know, there's a lot of nervous energy going into the draft, but just sit back and relax and enjoy some four peaks. Craig, did you bring any four peaks up to your cabin home? Yeah, we we brought wow up here. And and you know what's crazy? They sell it up here. Oh, uh, we well, saw you it can, in the store so I can restock because you that's yeah, what's great about yeah, that's what's great about four peaks. Like I just go to the fries down the street and I can buy four peaks. Um, and yep. everyone knows that I love the peach. I've really been enjoying drinking that, watching the Stanley Cup final. It's just hockey and beer. It just goes hand in hand, sports and <laughs> beer. And then when hockey's done and baseball is well, it's not the only thing on because the WNBA and the uh, and soccer, but you know, of the major four, drink some Four Peaks, watch some baseball, baseball and beer. That also goes well together. So, I'll be checking out Four Peaks, and uh, we will be at Four Peaks. Not me and Craig, but we, PHNX, will be at Four Peaks two weeks from today, July seventh at four p.m. for the official PHNX Coyotes draft party sean and pd will be there we'll have some special guests as well we'll have a three-hour live draft show get your tickets today at gophnx.com or we've been tweeting out the link on twitter at phnx underscore coyotes it's going to be so much fun great food great beer great company we hope you'll join phnx at four peaks on july 7th and as always with four peaks 21 and over and enjoy responsibly Drunk Petey. I want to see Drunk Petey on the show. As as the day progresses with Petey's pounded beers at Four Peaks, I want to see what happens. Who knows? We need we need to cut together like how Petey is giving his analysis on pick three versus pick <laughs> timeline 30, 32. <laughs> timeline yeah. and beer count. <laughs> yeah, beer count. We should have yeah. like a ticker on the bottom, like Sean, how many beers Sean has had and how many beers Petey has had. <laughs> I love it. We definitely have to do that. Hey, by the way, when are you and I going to be at Four Peaks next? Um, We will be at Four Peaks next Wednesday. And who will we have on the show that day? Um, We will have the Bob father, Bob McKenzie. Um, Nice. If you're Canadian, you know that name. If you're not Canadian, but you're a hockey fan, you know that name. Bob McKenzie is the NHL insider. He's a draft expert. And we will have him on our show live at 11 a.m. on Wednesday. Of course, the show we're doing from... Four Peaks, which when we had Craig Button on, he was a little jealous of, you know, the pool side, the weather. So I wonder how Bob McKenzie's going to feel about us interviewing him from a bar. But you know what? <laughs> That's the PHX way. It's fantastic. Let's be honest. Bob is probably at his cottage somewhere yeah. on a lake and he'll be holding up a Bobby Margarita. So hopefully we can toast each other. Yes, yeah. exactly. And Craig, I hope we get to try that when we're in Montreal in oh, two weeks. Oh, we'll be trying that. I'm so excited for that. And before Bob, though, we have uh, Redeem Verbata joining our show live tomorrow at 11 a.m. on the PHNX Sports YouTube channel. Um, really excited to have him back on and we'll ask him some – we'll play some games with him, get some pronunciations because he's our pronunciation expert, of course. But really excited to have Redeem back on as well. Yeah. O- always love talking to Verbi. He's one of – I think – I think I speak for all Coyotes fans when I say that Verbi is one of the all-time favorites to pull on this jersey. Always great talking to him. Great guy. Funny guy. 
and of course still involved in, heavily involved in the game over in Chechia. So we'll talk to him about that as well. Really looking forward to it. Lots of great stuff coming up. So be sure to be subscribed to the PHNX Sports YouTube channel. Follow PHNX underscore Coyotes on Twitter as well. And follow PHNX Sports across all social platforms. Lots of great content all the time. Everybody, thanks so much for listening. Please like and subscribe and leave us a five-star review. If you haven't already, we appreciate it immensely. We'll be back tomorrow live at 11 a.m. Until then, enjoy your Thursday. I will see you tomorrow.